0: Product thinking. This month, we are reviewing the book, How Innovation Works and Why It Flourishes in Freedom by Matt Ridley. I've had this book on my shelf literally for almost two years now. I purchased it in the beginning of the pandemic and have been meaning to get to it for a while. And I'm glad that I finally did. It has so many elements that I love. A host of stories of innovation from numerous industries, advice for better innovation, and cautionary tales of what can go wrong. This isn't a deep dive into any specific area. Rather, it is a rapid flight over the vast landscape of innovation that marks our world, from transportation to public health to communication, from prehistory to modern day. Some of the stories I'm familiar with from other books, and you probably will be too, others I need to dive deeper into. But that is what I found most useful about this book. It offers a magnificent vista of innovation that the reader can explore deeper. And I know that I personally intend to. It also offers insights from history for those of us who want to create modern innovation. And if you are listening to this, that is probably you. Innovation is a difficult thing and the elements of innovation are critical. With them, you may be able to innovate, but without them, without these key elements, you surely will not. So let's dive into some of the key takeaways. So Matt Ridley starts how innovation works with several definitions of innovation and why it is so important. Innovation may be one of the most overused words in our corporate lexicon today, but it also may be one of the least understood ideas. The book proceeds to explore innovation across numerous industries, including energy, public health, transport, low technology, communication and computing, and prehistoric inventions. It then turns its attention to what innovation needs to flourish and also what it takes to kill innovation in companies and communities and what we can do about it. And it ends with some predictions, which of course is a dangerous thing, and the author acknowledges that, about the future of innovation. The author is quick to point out that not every innovation can be included in a single book, and many are left out. To quote from the book, I cannot hope to document every important innovation. I have omitted some very important and well known ones for no particular reason. I have left out most innovation in art, music, and literature. So not surprisingly, given the breadth of the topic and the range it needs to cover, many innovations are not in the text, but the examples included do an excellent job highlighting many of the key points. And I'd love to follow these up with additional innovations in some of the above categories and many others. So maybe we'll do that in some future newsletters and podcasts. So what is innovation? To quote again from the book, Innovation is the main event in the modern age, the reason we have experienced both dramatic improvements in our living standards and unsettling changes in our society. Forget short-term events that dominate the news. It is innovation that explains our times and will itself shape the 21st century. Yet innovation remains a mysterious process, poorly understood by policymakers and business people alike. Early in the book, Ridley compares innovation to the infinite improbability drive from The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, a way to harness energy to create ever more improbable and useful things to improve our lives. Another definition from the book, quoting from, from the text again, the Nobel Prize winning economist Edmund Phillips Defines an innovation as, quote, a new method or new product that becomes a new practice somewhere in the world. I wrote about the definition of innovation as well last year. I defined it as this: innovation is creating something new, better, and valuable. And you can check that out. I link the post in this week's newsletter in a post called What is Innovation? Uh, that was actually in May of last year. So I guess something about this time of year has me thinking a lot about innovation. So check that out. Uh, innovation is all around us. So the book is full ex- full of examples and stories of innovation. We can't cover them all here, so I'll pull out a few of my favorite examples from the book. Uh, the Invention of the Dog... My son asked me if I knew anything interesting just the other night. And this was the anecdote that I pulled out as I was tucking him into bed. It got him asking a lot of good questions about breeding, genetic variation over time, how differences occur in species. So it was a good story and a good topic of conversation. Uh, Quoting from, from this story from the book, Long before farming was invented, humans... Human beings made a crucial innovation that transformed their fortunes, the dog. It was the first animal to be domesticated and become an ecological companion of people all over the world. Dogs were likely domesticated 20 to 40,000 years ago somewhere in Eurasia, and it was probably an innovation that benefited both humans and dogs. The wolves that were most amenable to humans started hanging around them, and humans gained a hunting companion and protector. And dogs, of course, gained an easy source of food. Uh, we've replicated this idea of selection in other experiments. Uh, Dmitri Believ began selecting foxes, silver foxes in Siberia, for docile traits and bred the most docile offspring for many generations for nearly half a century until he ended up with tame silver foxes, something that many people thought was impossible. He and his team had selected for genetic mutations that also showed up in other ways. But it's interesting to see how the innovation of domestication could have happened back then with dogs and is still happening today. Another one, Lady Mary's dangerous obsession. Uh, The history of inoculation and vaccines for me is very fascinating. I've written about it before. Uh, It is one of the most amazing innovations and it has involved so many people throughout history. Uh, It is difficult to definitively give credit to one person or group, as is the case with most innovations. But Lady Mary Pierpoint is one of the early innovators. Uh, She was learned, eloquent, witty, and well-loved in the social circles in the 1700s, but she contracted smallpox, and that is what ultimately made her reputation. While her husband was an ambassador in Constantinople, she witnessed inoculation, and upon returning to London, she became a vocal champion of it, inoculating her two children against the disease, and the practice gradually attracted more practitioners as, pe- as people recognized the benefits. Inoculation was eventually replaced with a safer practice of vaccination uh, using cowpox rather than smallpox. Uh, but without innovators at each step, we would not make the progress that we did. So what are the elements of innovation? In addition to the stories throughout the book, we can also learn a number of lessons on how innovation works. The author offers 10 essential elements for innovation in order for it to thrive and for us to better understand its mechanics. I'll give a few of what I consider the most important ones here, and you'll have to check out the rest in the book. So, innovation is gradual. Innovation often feels sudden until you look more closely at it. The Wright brothers went from not flying to flying, right? Wasn't it a breakthrough moment when they got their first airplane airborne? Not exactly. It came after years of experimenting, and their experiments were built on the back of earlier aviation experimenters and thinkers. So this was decades or even centuries in the making. As the story about inoculation and vaccination that we just talked about also shows, it was also a gradual process. It was being practiced in other countries, then was eventually brought west and adopted more broadly. From there, other innovators used other forms of diseases to create immunity. And then from there, we continued to innovate on the types of diseases we could create vaccines for. The vaccines we enjoy today are hundreds of years worth of innovation. So another one, innovation is often serendipitous. Uh, I wrote about serendipity and invention slash innovation previously, and it was an important element of the innovative process. And this was a post and discussion on serendipity and invention, uh, highlighted by the invention of the microwave. So another interesting one that you can check out that I link again in the newsletter uh, that you can Of course, always find at productthinking.cc. To quote from the book again, the founders of Instagram were trying to make a gaming app. The founders of Twitter were trying to invent a way for people to find podcasts. At DuPont in 1938, Roy Plunkett invented Teflon entirely by accident. So many paths to significant innovations aren't the ones we expect. It takes a certain amount of luck to create amazing innovations which is why the ability to experiment and fail is so important. And finally, innovation is a team sport. A couple quotes here. The myth of the lonely inventor, the solitary genius, is hard to shake. Innovation always requires collaboration and sharing. As exemplified by the fact that even the simplest object or process is beyond the capacity of any one human being to understand the same is true for innovation. The example in the book is that of a pencil. It's relatively simple, but no one on their own could make a pencil from scratch. It's too complicated. Likewise, innovation always requires more than one person. It's a group effort. Innovators always have to build on the work of others and often rely on contemporaries with skills they may not have. A final quote on this. One person may make a technological breakthrough, another work out how to manufacture it, and a third, how to make it cheap enough to catch on. All are part of the innovation process and none of them knows how to achieve the whole innovation. So, wrapping this up, as the book says, innovation is the child of freedom and the parent of prosperity. Innovation Is the reason why life continues to improve so incredibly fast and why we can expect and hope that our lives will continue to improve it may not always be linear but doing more creating more and making it more valuable is key to innovation we need to ensure that we cultivate the right environments for innovation to thrive we can't dictate the success of any specific innovation but we can ensure that we create space in our work, our companies, our communities, and our governments to allow innovation to create magic. So that is this week's newsletter and podcast on the book review for how innovation works. Again, you can check out the link to that in this week's show notes, as well as the link to the newsletter at ProductThinking.cc. You can also follow me on social media at Kyle Larry Evans. Uh, I will also be making some uh, changes to the newsletter, probably doing it a little bit more frequently. Uh, So don't forget to go to ProductThinking.cc and subscribe to that. Uh, Probably uh, just about weekly going forward. So you don't want to miss out on that, though probably won't be changing the cadence of the podcast too much. So probably keeping that about bi-weekly, maybe occasionally a little bit more frequently. We'll just be doing a little bit of experimenting. So again, follow the podcast, subscribe to the newsletter, and we will talk again soon.